Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to another episode of The Mystical Matchmaker. I am your host, Marla Martinson, author of the book, Diary of a Beverly Hills Matchmaker. And I'm so excited about the conversation we are going to have today because it targets to you amazing men out there in the dating trenches. So you guys, I've been a matchmaker for 17 years, specializing in finding soulmates for affluent men all over the country and even internationally. But I found a common theme in the attitude and approach in the men who are successful in getting into a great relationship and the ones who aren't. And I want to share that with you today. And my guest, Carolyn Briggs, is a veteran in the matchmaking world. And we've been collaborating for many years, making wonderful matches and changing lives. And I'm going to bring her on right now so we can have this great uh, chat for you guys. Hello, Carolyn. Welcome to the Mystical Matchmaker Podcast. Hi, Marla. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be on your show today. Thank you. Yeah, this is the first. And I often will talk about themes for women, but but the guys really need can use some help out there, wouldn't you say? <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Especially all our successful men that come to us. Yeah, yeah, the, we do um, specialize in the affluent men uh, who are super busy, they're traveling, and they have, let's say, exceptional taste in all areas of their life, and they they want a beautiful woman to settle down with. So let's just start here. So, Carolyn, you know, they'll come to a significant amount of money because we are not for everybody, you know, we're more of an upper uh, echelon service, and so that means that they want their dream list. So give us your take on on that and um, what they might be doing to to prevent themselves, really, those blocks that they put up uh, with that list. I agree with you. I'm happy to share that, Marla. I think you're right. They do put stumbling blocks in their way. And just like you alluded to, so many of our men are very successful in other areas of their life. And I think when they come to us, the number one block is they have to be able to trust the matchmaker. So they have to have said, okay, my way's not working. I've tried it a myriad of ways. I'm going to put my trust in you and start there. So that's, I think, the first stumbling block that they have to overcome. Mm-hmm. Yep, absolutely. I think, and I think once they, you know, know that you have the expertise, that you're there to help them, then they can relax a little and open up their parameters, which I think is the second biggest stumbling block, as you know. Right. Yeah, let's talk about those parameters a little bit because um, we do ask, you know, for age range, do they want kids, do they have kids, uh, location, maybe religious background. Uh, but talk a little bit about how they could go a little bit too far with those parameters and how that really will finding anybody to, to get into a relationship with. 
Right, and I think this works both for men and women. We all have our wish list. You know, we want someone a certain height, an exact age, a certain hair color. They have to like um, horses or dogs. So I think mm-hmm. we have to open up our criteria to really find that soulmate. Also demographics. They might not be in our own backyard. We might have to say, you know, maybe I can fly, take a plane ride or something like that or just go out of my county to meet the right person. So I think opening up that wish list and just listening why you want to open it up can yield so much better results. For example, men might say, well, I'm not that tall, so I want a woman only five foot four and under. Well, a lot of women don't care about a guy's height. So they may say, well, I'm fine if the guy's 5'7", I'm 5'8". So little things like that where they listen to us and heed our advice, I think will give them better results. Yeah, well, think, we've been working with mm-hmm. We have been working with a guy who was who was uh, saying <coughs> that he wanted five four and under, and then he expanded it. <laughs> excuse me, <coughs> uh, expanded it to um, five five and under, and then we uh, we kept working with him and working with him, and he wasn't finding the right person. And then he said, "Okay, well, five seven and under," and we finally got him up to five seven. And then it was interesting because. Now, he said he was 5'9", and then when I talked to him, he had met somebody on Match.com, and she actually was 5'9", and, and he liked her a lot. And he says, well, um, you know, I never would have thought that, I, that, I would have, that this would have worked out, but I do feel a little bit uncomfortable when she's in her high heels and she's like, you know, 5'11", or 6 feet. And I said, yeah, but hey, remember Dudley Moore? He dated Susan Anton, you know, back in the day. He was like 5'3 or 2, and she was 6 feet. Look at Rod Stewart. He'll always date, you know, statuesque blondes, and they don't mind. So I think it might be a um, kind of a, uh, a masculine thing, an ego thing, feeling, feeling like they want to feel like the man, that they're always taller. But uh, once they open it up, you'd be surprised. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then they're happy with that. They say, when I walk into a room, everyone's looking at my girl. That's right. That's right. Yes, exactly. I think and and talk come across. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. Another, another one, one I was just thinking of off the top of my head that we come across is hair color. A guy will say, well, I'm really just attracted to blondes, not redheads or brunettes. And as you know, hair color is in a bottle. We can change that in a day. So something like that, yeah. too, if a guy will open up his criteria and, you know, say we have a perfect, you know, brunette for you, meets every one of your criteria. You know, I know you tend to like blondes, but let's just try this. See how the chemistry is. Right, yeah. And as the women get older, we have to dye our hair because it's going to turn gray. <laughs> Very I mean, true. I, I, I had a friend who her hair went gray in her 20s, so she's always colored her hair. And it is interesting how the male, the, the visual aspect of the male can get so specific and keep them – from getting into a relationship by having to, I've had guys say over the years, I wanted brunette with blue eyes only. And that's like a very small percentage of the world population, dark hair and blue eyes, like an Elizabeth Taylor. So if we, if we go into kind of try to, I always encourage guys, go into your heart, go into your soul, take a deep breath and close your eyes and think about that feeling that you want to have with a woman, that, that's the life that you want to have. Do you want her to be, be by you and th- thick and thin when you, when you get older? If you're sick, um, you know, pe- people's looks change, uh, but their hearts, you know, can tend to stay the same. So um, I think it's, it's really important to, to look at that. 
Um, You're right. Yeah, men and tend then, to be very mm-hmm. myopic with that. They, they don't see the big picture. They see instant gratification of, you know, what they want their wife to look at. But you're right. They don't think 20 years down the road, what are the qualities that I want in that wife or that partner? Yeah. And also, um, if a guy has a certain body type, we tend to get the guys who like the very slender ladies. And there's been some women who maybe were, in their eyes, 10 pounds over, 15 pounds over, and these are guys with a lot of money. And I've suggested, hey, hire a trainer for her or do some um, activities together, start hiking. There's a lot of things you can do. People get in shape and they're like, nope. But they've got to realize if you're going to be with a woman many years, if she has a child, when she goes through menopause, we get older, the body changes. I used to be about 115 pounds all the time. Now I'm about 130. I was an A-cup chest, menopause pumped me up to a D. So I'm not even <laughs> the same woman that I was. So let's say I had this, you know, I mean, my husband, we've been together 17 years. Luckily, he said, wow, you're even sexier now than you were before. But, but you can't, humans change, hair color, body weight type, wrinkles will appear. So you've got to love that soul. I mean, it, guys have a hard time picturing this because they are so visually driven, but but my encouragement, if you're listening to this podcast today, guys, is try to shift a little into the feeling, the, the qualities um, that you want in a woman more than uh, just the look. I think one other thing men have um, kind of overlooked, Marlon, you brought this up really you know, great in one of your books, is that you have to be what you want to attract. So if you want someone that's youthful and playful and energetic, and you're a very type A gentleman and very focused and driven, you have to become a little more relaxed and, you know, look at yourself a little more. Am I working out? Am I doing fun activities to be that man that that woman wants? Oh, this is a great point, too. So let's talk about uh, lifestyle. So a man might want that 10, uh, you know, she's got to look like a model or Heidi Klum. Uh, I had a guy once come in and he had a big, stomach I mean a, a huge belly and he says well I only want to meet women who have a washboard abs like Madonna you know when Madonna mm-hmm. was having those you know those abs and I thought yeah but somebody a woman with those kind of abs are they going to be attracted to your big uh, stomach that looks like a beach ball so so <laughs> so we've got to be what we want to attract exactly are you uh trying to date out of your league you know we get a lot of guys that that you know that sounds kind of shallow but they're trying to date out of their league Right. So, and that's true. And you have to be a little more realistic and that's what makes for a lifetime. You know, they say opposites mm-hmm. attract, but that really only works for magnets. You're most likely going to attract <laughs> someone like yourself in a lot of ways. <laughs> exactly. Now let's get into some uh, dating tips that we can uh, give. So, so a first date, you're going, a guy's going out with uh, a girl. It could be from online dating. It could be through a matchmaker. Um, give us your best tips from the get-go, from when they get that phone number, uh, what what they can do, <clears throat> because a lot of times we have to step in because the first date never even happens. Very true. I'm glad you asked that. I just had this conversation with a client, and I think the first part is that he has to be open to what the woman wants to do. Make her feel mm-hmm. special and appreciated. Say, where would you like to go on the first date, whether it's a lunch or a dinner, or what would you like to do? So many times a man will say, well, I want to pick a place that's close to home for me. I like this casual bar. And she was thinking of something else. And right there, he's shooting himself in the foot to have the chance of a lifetime relationship with a great woman. So I think you really have to make the woman feel special, show her appreciation, ask her questions, things like that. 
Yeah, you make a good point because a lot of the guys who expect the woman to drive to them, uh, the woman feels like, wow, you know, this is the first date. I, I'd like to be treated like a lady and he should take charge and either come to me for the first date or send me a car. You know, maybe they could send an Uber or something because um, there will be guys who say, well, I'm not dating anybody outside of, you know, my area or they've got to drive to me. And, uh, you know, recently we had somebody who, who the date was in Orange County and he wanted, he didn't want to drive there. And I said, you know what, this is a fantastic lady and first date, you're just going to have to go there. And, and then he did it casual thing. Sometimes I I had a guy years ago who was really a beach kind of a guy and, and was loved to surf and meditate and all of that. And he showed up on the first date in shorts and flip flops. And this was a dinner, mm-hmm. and uh, the girl was like, well, she spent, some, some of the women will even go to the hairdresser, they'll go buy a new outfit, and some of them will spend hundreds of dollars. I mean, I don't recommend this, but they'll spend hundreds of dollars in anticipation of this date. They want to look fantastic, they'll get a mani-pedi and all of that, and then the guy show, showed up in shorts and flip-flops, and she just felt like terrible. And I t- talked to him about it, and he says, hey, but this is me. I'm a casual guy, and that's what I'm going to do on a date. So, you know, he didn't end up getting in a relationship uh, through us. So sometimes you've got to step up to the plate there and, and maybe, you know, put on some pants and shine your shoes. <laughs> no, I agree. You definitely have to show the effort, and that reflects to a woman that this is important to me. You know, I value this date. I'm looking forward to meeting you. Showing up in, in flip-flops just shows that it's not that important of an event for you. Right. Also, I would say women love the man to take charge. So you suggested, you know, asking what they want to do. But all you can do that or also uh, pick a really great place. You could say, hey, what's, what's your favorite food? Or, you know, what are your top three favorite restaurants or something? And then they let the girls love it when you take control and go ahead and make that reservation. Um, often they don't know what you're planning budget-wise or what you're comfortable with because you're going to be – you're going to be a uh, – the dog agrees too. <laughs> You're yeah, going to be since the man's going to be spending the money. So so taking charge. Uh, another great tip that I had a woman who was on the fence about seeing a guy again, but this cinched it. She thought this was so great. Is make sure that the, it pays for the girl's valet. If you're at a restaurant and she's parked and she's standing there with her valet ticket. You take that right out of her hand and take control and say, give that to me, sweetheart, you know, and they love that. Yeah. They feel taken care of. They fit. And, and some women, uh, they might not even, they might be struggling. Um, they might not even ha- have that, that money for the valet. Um, and I think another so. thing, you, you kind of touched on it, but it was during the date, ask more questions or ask more than, and then you're talking. So make sure you listen more than you talk is what I was trying to say. A woman wants to know that you're interested in her and don't just gloat about your accomplishments and where you live, your house on the water, and all the things you've accomplished. You need to show that interest level, and a lot of men forget that. Absolutely, and that goes both ways. It's interesting. You know, sometimes Carolyn will get feedback, and we wonder who who was – they both have – separate experience like the woman will say all he did was talk about himself and then the man will say all she did was talk about herself so it's interesting how they uh, see that but yes so you know and not making the questions like an interrogation or an interview but maybe bringing something up like gosh you know what I summertime I love traveling in the summer I have this really great trip plan that I've always wanted to go to you know Ireland I've got some Irish ancestors and I'm excited to and then say what's some of your favorite places have you ever been there what do you recommend and then let them 
talk, bringing up things, or maybe, hey, gosh, I was thinking about going to this wine tasting, or, you, you know, what kind of wines do you like? And then um, let the, so, so it kind of flows naturally about interest, um, and, and absolutely, Carolyn, listen, listen more than, than you talk. That's always a, and then, well, don't they say we have two ears and one mouth for a reason? Yes, exactly. You're right. Too many guys who come to us are very successful, and they want to boast about all their accomplishments, but they're not showing enough interest in the woman, just like you said. Right, and and that is a turnoff. And guys, I know you're proud of of your Ferrari or your your big house, or you've worked very hard, but uh, women are very turned off by um, show off, uh, showing off. You don't might not re- realize it, but they're more. Um, they'll be more impressed by your good manners if you treat the waitress uh, with respect, uh, if you open their car door, if you pay for their valet, if you ask if you're generally interested in them. Um, that's going to win their heart over more than, um, you know, your, your fancy uh, car or talking about how much money you made. Definitely. That heart, and one heart thing connection. you said, Marla, that one thing you said that really rings true is about the he said, she said experience when we get the date feedback and it's like they were on two mm-hmm. separate dates. And I think that's yeah. where the matchmaking service really helps. Is they can use us more as the intermediary. So we'll find out what was it that, you know, he said or she said that made the date go wrong or what it, after the date, did he like her? Did she like him? A lot of times they leave and they're not sure. And that's where they can utilize us where we can find out what did you think of him? You know, did you have a good time? You know, was there anything you didn't like? And then we can give that feedback. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and uh, so um, give us a, for the guys out there, tell them a little bit about why they might want to sign up with us, why they want to use a matchmaker instead of just uh winging it or going on online dating or maybe hoping that somebody's going to one of their friends is going to introduce them. Sure. And I'm glad you asked that question because a lot of gentlemen come to us and they say, well, you know, I don't want you to think I can't get my own dates. And we never think that our gentlemen are handsome. They're successful. Most of them have had families. They may be divorced. And this is more of a time saving efficiency thing. They're busy in their lives, whether they're a doctor, an attorney, land developer, whatever it is, they have their own company. Of course, you can get girls on your own, but do you want to spend hours sifting through online profiles or trying to get referrals from friends, going a happy hour? It's so time consuming, it's inefficient. We can put in front of gentlemen in six months probably 10 times the number of women they can meet on their own that are really what they want because we're doing the behind the scenes work. We're recruiting the women. We're vetting them intensely. We're going through every criteria. We're making sure they look like their photos. So it's such a time saving um, value added for men that we'll get you into that relationship so much sooner. And men, we do have the most, you know, the biggest database of the most beautiful women in the country. So I know, you know, I kind of harp on, on that visual thing, being too picky about looks, but, we know that you want, you know, a beautiful woman inside and out, and that's what we specialize in. But the thing is, the one big major thing that, that we do is men tend to, our guys that come to us, these affluent, busy guys who do want a beautiful woman, often, don't you think, Carolyn, they will end up with the women who are kind of a hot mess, the women who are maybe, you know, have <laughs> some alcohol true. issues or some some daddy issues or some uh, they're always broke or they're just, you know, don't have their lives together and are real drama, uh, you know, queens. And the guys, because they like a certain look, they'll keep getting into these relationships with the girls that just drain them and don't, 
don't fit into their lifestyle because they've got too many problems of their own. And uh, so tell them how we how we uh, prevent that and switch, you know, make a little shift there. You're right. We're all creatures of habit, and we repeat the same patterns. And they keep going through those patterns until somebody intervenes and says, okay, there's a better way here. If we have a woman that has problems like that, she wouldn't be allowed in our database. So we are very particular in the women that we allow. They, of course, have to be beautiful, slender. Uh, you know, we stay within a certain age group. But then we make sure we know about their occupation. What do they do, their finances? So we have all of that at our discretion. So we could get rid of any of that drama that would stop that, that would prevent that guy from getting into a good relationship. Right. It, it gets, it's so draining just dating the same type of person over and over again when it's not what you're looking for, not fitting in. And, and until we um, kind of shift and maybe remove some of those blocks. And, of course, you know, we can do some coaching, too. There's some inner work that you might want to do. Uh, we all have um, such extensive experience in this field. And uh, our partner, Fred Leanta, she's been in the business about 20 years. Carolyn, you've been over, you know, way over a decade and myself 17 years. So, gosh, we've got maybe, uh, you know, about 50 years experience between all of us. So, so We do. Um, yeah. So we can definitely. And I um, want to add something, too. I think a lot of our gentlemen have tried, you know, lower-end matchmaking services or they tried a right. service and they were disappointed. I think it makes a huge difference that we are more of a boutique agency and we really try to make each client feel like they're our only client. We spend a lot of time getting to know them beforehand. So I know Fred Leantosh, during the process of evaluating someone for membership, she'll find out about their lifestyle, about their history, what really they want in the future. Are they realistic or are there things we need to talk about to get in line? So we spend mm-hmm. so much time beforehand. We're not just giving someone a date for a date to satisfy a contract. And sadly, that's what a lot of our competitors do. So we will really hone in on every one of those dates. And I think that's really what distinguishes the dating source. Exactly. We don't, and we don't take everyone. If I've had enough uh, years of trying to match 60-year-old men who want to have children, and we've decided not to do that anymore. It's just too difficult. So, um, you know, we want to see if, if, is it really realistic? Or if you're 75 and are looking for 35 or 40-year-olds, um, it's probably not going to be a good fit because, um, you know, otherwise we have to look for gold diggers or uh, situational, you know, dad, sugar daddy issue, you know, situations, and that we don't do that. So we're all about love, uh, marriage, relation, long-term relationships, and, um, you know, real-life cupids here. <laughs> And I would like gentlemen to know that because we're not at all high-pressure salespeople. Like you said, we don't take on as clients every gentleman that calls in. So, men, if you're listening, you can just email us or text us. It's info at the dating source. And any questions you have, we're happy to spend time on the phone with you. We want to make sure that you're a good fit to work with us just as much as you want to know before you, you know, pony up any money that we're going to really provide for you. So it is a two-way situation, and I'm proud of the way we do that. Exactly. So the you guys, the um, information how to contact us is in the show notes. If you have any any questions, and uh, we look forward to playing Cupid for you, and we wish you all the best. And Carolyn, thank you so much for stopping by and talking about love, dating, matchmaking, and playing Cupid. All right, everybody. Talk to you again. (laughs) Okay. Much love. Bye, everybody. Bye.